to seven figures, smart money strategies for women. Today, we are going to ditch busy. It is going to be a thing of the past for you. Kate Erickson is here. She's going to let us in on her secrets. Plus, if you're a little late in the game on saving for retirement in our No Dumb Questions segment, we're going to help you play catch up and we're going to take a seat at the kids table. What do kids really want? What do they value most? We're going to ask the kids and our expert is here with some advice for parents. Thank you for making time to listen. Welcome to the new year. I have a good feeling about this year. I know this is your year to be financially confident. And I do want to get you to that point where you have a good understanding of what's going on with your finances. You never feel like someone's talking down to you. You feel in control and confident about your money. You know exactly what you need to do. And most importantly, you have that peace of mind that everything is going to be okay. So before we learn how to ditch busy, let's start the show with no dumb questions. All right, here we go. No dumb questions. CFP at the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. Erica Cummings joins us for this part of the show. Hi, Erica. Hello. Okay, so we have some people who reached out to us who are kind of in panic mode. Not really necessarily in panic mode, Uh but they're at 55 and they want to play catch up. They're a little bit behind with the whole saving and getting ready for retirement. So let's yeah. say if you are 55, what are the three most important things that you should be doing and focused on right now? So the first one is we want to find as much money as possible to be saving. So actually starting at age 50, most retirement plans, 401ks, IRAs, Roth IRAs, allow for what's called a catch-up provision just for this very reason, that a lot of people when they were younger didn't necessarily max out or put a lot into their savings program. So this allows you when you're probably at your peak earning years to put more away. So for example, for 2020 and now we just found out for 21, uh, it, the maximum amount that you can put in at any age is 19,500 per year into your 401k, 403bs, thrift savings plans. Then if you're 50 and over, you can add an additional $6,500, which is actually quite wow. a bit of additional, yeah. yes. And they um, have um, these they have these rules, right? These catch up because it is very common. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, um, you know, once you get to your your 50s, like I said, if you've been working and, and you've been successful, these are peak earning years. Perhaps your kids are getting to the point where college might be, you know, kind of finishing. And so you might be able to find some extra savings and maybe okay. not at 50, but at 55 and getting. So they put these extra catch up in there because they understand that when you're 30, you're not thinking about retirement. The, other, the, the same thing with your Roth and your traditional IRA. So this year it's $6,000 for everybody, IRA and Roth, and then a $1,000 catch up. So we want to be looking at your expenses and reducing as much as you can in those unnecessary. So subscriptions and cooking from home. And you know, right now, if you're gainfully employed, we're not spending a lot of money. So use your time to look at that budget and try and get those last bits of extra money into those retirement savings. So that's number one. Number two is finding income to come in and then also using that income to pay off debt. So we've talked about side hustles in the past and finding extra ways to bring in income. 
be creative. If there are ways that you can be bringing in even you know, if it's 50 to $100 a week extra, people have put their houses on Airbnb, whatever you can do to try and bring in some extra income that you can then obviously turn into savings or start to pay down debt, particularly those high interest credit card debts. When you have those eliminated by the time you're retired, it really takes a huge amount of stress off your budget, takes a huge amount of stress off your mind. And then the last thing is you may have to change your idea of retirement. So people start to think when they're in their 50s because most people think of retirement in their 60s. I'm not saying you can't do it, but I'm saying that you may have to rethink what retirement might look like. So it may have to be a different age. It may have to be a phased retirement. So lots of people are working part-time. So they talk to their employers way ahead of time to see if there's ways to cut down hours. I have lots of clients that work just enough to get those health benefits. And a lot of times employers are receptive to this, especially in this environment where they may not need as much staff and as much overhead. And so somebody going down to 25 hours allows them to still have health insurance, still have that extra income coming in. And the employer is more than happy to oblige because they're not having to train someone again and not having to worry about somebody that needs 40 full hours. Mm. So now's the time to be a little bit more creative. Also, do you really need to retire at this mystical age that you have in your mind? So why are you retiring? Are you retiring just because? because there's a lot of other benefits to working besides just income. A lot of people retire and they haven't thought about what they're going to do every day, how they're going to keep their mind sharp, how they're going to keep their days filled. So really start to rethink what retirement looks like. It's not the same as previous generations. So just re kind of rethinking what that might look like and make sure that you're retiring for your reasons and not some magical thing that's been in your yeah, head. Yeah, sure. The stereotypical image yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so Erica, where can we find you and follow you? You can find us at our website, harmonyfinancialwellness.com. You can also reach out to us on Facebook. And we have our podcast starting in January called A Strong Woman for Strong Women. And you'll be able to find that on every major platform. Perfect. Have a great weekend. You too. On a scale of one to 10, how busy are you right now? We are going to ditch busy with Kate Erickson next. Kate Erickson, I need you. I mean, I need you more today than any other day. Ditch busy. <laughs> because today was a day where it felt like I was doing a million things, but yet nothing got done. Yeah. So... Ditch Busy is the name of your podcast. Make overwhelm a thing of the past. Oh, just saying that makes me feel like, oh, okay. <laughs> Kate is going to teach us how to make overwhelm a thing of the past. Hey, I feel you. I've, we've all been there, right? Like we all have those days where we feel like we're kind of either treading water on yeah. a treadmill, like running as fast as we can to just stay on it. Yeah, you're <laughs> so. like, I feel exhausted, but what the hell did I do? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing no, got the, accomplished. <laughs> the absolute worst is when someone's like, how was your day? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was great. And they're like, awesome. What'd you do? And I'm like, hmm. I Great question. No, I don't. <laughs> 
I felt like I did a lot. <laughs> Unless you're enjoying the beautiful weather that you have in Puerto Rico. I'm so jealous when I follow you on your social media platforms. I'm like, Kate. I will send some. I'm sending some your way right now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to live vicariously through you. Okay. How can we follow you? Let's start there. So you can be listening to Kate and you know exactly where she's coming from because I'm sure the scenery is gorgeous right now for you. Yeah. I mean, my favorite social media platform where I'm probably at the most is Instagram. Okay. And my handle on there is at Kate L. Erickson. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Ditch Busy. Your podcast is awesome. It's short. It's concise because, you know, we don't got time. So, um, but you teach everybody how to manage their time. Can you give us your favorite tips, the, the ones that people struggle the most with? Yeah. So I would say, I mean, it w- <laughs> She's like, okay, <laughs> where to start? <laughs> I, I think the most common thing that I hear and something that I've certainly experienced, which is what got me obsessed with time management in the first place is like this feeling of there's too much, mm. too much to do, too many to do's, too many commitments, too many, too much to like, and, and that's what causes stress and overwhelm is when we have too much to do and we don't have enough time to do it. Yeah. And so one of my favorite things to do is to brain dump, because I feel like when we have this too much, too much, too much, usually it's like we either can't keep it all in our heads we're not properly scheduling. And so that's why we're like overbooking ourselves or double booking ourselves or committing to things that we don't even want to do in the first place. Yeah. And I feel like the first step to just cleansing yourself, my, I, I came up with my word for 2021, which is clarity. And along with that clarity, I just feel like right now I am just shedding. Like I just want to clear my vision and my calendar and my to do's and all of that of the things that don't fill me up, that are not in alignment with how I want to be living my life. And when we are so stuck in the weeds of like too much, too much, too much, it's impossible to get there. So like that clearing of all the things in your mind that you're trying to hold on to, things that you're trying to remember that you need to do, ideas that come up that you're like, oh, I, should I pursue that? Maybe I should try that out. Um, you know, we get asked all the time to commit to things, whether it be a dinner with friends or a virtual hangout or, or whatever the case may be. And I think the best thing that you can do to just have an immediate sense of relief and like a weight lifted off your shoulders is just get everything down on paper. Anything you're trying to hold in your mind, you're trying to remember tasks that you want to do, house projects you want to do, a new recipe you want to try, like whatever it might be, business, life, personal, you name it. Just take out a piece of paper and just write it all down, like get it out so that you don't have to mm. hold on to it anymore. Now, how do you, because uh, I'm feeling like you're going to tell us, only accomplish the things that really fulfill you. And being an Italian who is ridden with guilt, it's just pumping <laughs> through my my veins. There's a uh-huh. lot of guilt there when I take care of myself before somebody else. So uh, my kind of philosophy around this is that you can do it all, but you can't do it all right now. Ah, so okay. There has to be an order to things. You have a priority every second of the day. You are telling yourself, showing yourself, you're showing other people. You are 
putting on this like badge of what your priority is in that moment. Sandy, right now my priority is being on a call with you. I am not doing anything else. I'm not worried about anything else. I'm not trying to, to like be in two or three or four or five places. I'm not multitasking. Like this is my priority. And mm -hmm. so we can do the things that you know, fill us up. We can do the things that we love doing to help our family and our friends, to support other people, to, you know, whatever else it might be, but we just can't hold ourselves to the standard of doing all of it at the same time. It's just not possible. And so, so much of the overwhelm and the stress that we feel is self-induced. Like we are the only ones that are saying yes to multiple things and double booking or overbooking ourselves. Like we're the ones doing it. So yeah. we just need to start holding ourselves accountable to saying, I know that I have 24 hours in the day. I would like to sleep. I would like to take care of myself. <laughs> I would like to spend time with my family. And you can do all the things you want to do, but you have to prioritize it so that you are doing what's most important to you um, at any given moment during the day. Is there a certain, okay, so we get it all down on paper. And now when we're at the step of prioritizing, how do we manage that? Is What's easiest for me? Because as you can imagine, if you truly give yourself the time and the space to brain dump, like to the point where you're going to think you're done, but you're not done yet. And you're just going to sit there with a piece of paper, even if you're sitting there like without writing anything down in silence for like three, four, five minutes at a time, because I promise you there is more. So like really give yourself the time and the space for this. And if you do that, you can imagine that there's going to be a ton on yeah. your paper. <laughs> um, what I do is one, you have to figure out, you know, what's best for you is a piece of paper best for you. Do you want to journal it? Do you want to use an online note taking system? Do you want to use a task and project management system? So like figure out which medium you want to brain dump in. And then what I do is I categorize stuff because when there's just like a flailing, uncontrollable amount of things in like every area of your life, it's it can be really, really hard to prioritize that. So I call them life categories, and these are different for everyone. So this is something you should take some time to think about as well. Like some of my categories are health and wellness. Like if I have down on my paper that I want to eat clean this week and that I want to work out every single day, like I'm going to put that in my health and wellness category. I have a, um, a family category, a relationships category, a business category, um, and a household category. So you might have more categories in that. Maybe you have a spiritual category or, you know, the list goes on. So what categories are you prioritizing? And then you can start to take that brain dump and put things under those categories. Then you're narrowing your ability to more easily prioritize within each category. Mm -hmm. And some of them are going to be really easy to prioritize. And some of them, you're really going to have to think about it. But whenever I'm stuck on like, hmm, I don't really know which one of these things is more important. Yeah. Think about like, think about your perfect day or your perfect week or your perfect month. Like if you are living your perfect day right now and you're looking at two different things and you're wondering which is a priority, which one fits in with your perfect day? 
And mm. if it's both of them, like you just need to choose one and start because I've totally been there where I just kind of use it as a, like, I think it's a subconscious excuse that we use that like, if we don't decide which one, then we don't actually have to do either of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes <laughs> it's just about taking action, like just do it. Sometimes we're being pulled in so many directions as far as work. And now the kids are homeschooling and like I've heard to start the day with maybe just narrowing it down to three things you want to accomplish. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in all honesty, I start my day with the number one thing that if I can accomplish this today, it, today will be a win. Okay. So, I mean, again, you know, we can't hold ourselves to these standards of like, our lives are so different right now. Yeah. And yeah, maybe before we got to do seven things and maybe now we do one thing, but we also have to give ourselves like the grace and the acknowledgement and the recognition that we are doing so much more than we ever have before. We're just not actually giving ourselves credit for it. Like if you are suddenly homeschooling your kids, oh my gosh, that is as a like a whole other thing that people spend like years preparing for, right? <laughs> and you're doing it overnight. Like that's pretty rock star, yeah. right? I don't know if you can um, hear the chaos happening upstairs, but there's a bunch of kids just running around right now. I don't know if it's coming yeah. through, but yeah, right now I'm <laughs> trying to give you undivided attention. In the background, I can hear a little little chaos. As long as there's no cries, I guess I'm good. But how do you, yeah. <laughs> how do you, okay, so how do you say, because now that a lot of people are working from home, what's your trick to saying, okay, the business part of my day done, I'm going to close the books, nobody else is going to get a hold of me. Or do you allow those emails to come through and answer them, reply back at 10 o'clock at night or whatever it is? Do you set limits? No, no. yes, absolutely. Okay. I have really strict boundaries in actually pretty much every area of my life. So it's not just business boundaries. Like if you're in a household where you like your kids are there or your significant <laughs> other is there or like, you know, there's even so, there's so much to be said about setting boundaries with your family, too, and asking for help and support. You know, if you if if you and your significant other are both at home and, you know, working from home and you have kids at home, like there should definitely be a conversation around like, hey, what if we what if we broke up like for Monday, Wednesday and Friday, if we broke up our time so that like you're with the kids from breakfast to lunch and then I'm with the kids from lunch to dinner mm. and setting boundaries like that so that everyone's on the same page is going to prevent so many like arguments so much frustration and maybe it's not going to be that easy you might have to have different boundaries for every single day of your week but I can promise you if you set those that and and with business back to your question specifically when I start dinner business is done ah. so my cue is like so when you start I start dinner ready, at 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Peace work. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's kind of my cue. Um, if, if I'm like, even if I'm on a super roll with whatever I'm doing, you know, there are exceptions. Like if you're doing a launch or like there's really time sensitive things going on, like certainly there will be, uh, 
exceptions to that rule, yeah. but 99.9% .9 of the time, that's my cutoff. So whatever the cutoff is for you, like it could be, you know, uh, your afternoon walk that you do, like maybe that's your cutoff time. I always, mm. I just, I like having an action associated with it because then there's no question about it. Then I don't need to say like, hmm, it's, you know, four o'clock and I don't know, like, is that too early to stop working? Like if you yeah. can associate it with like an action, then it, it will become a habit. You won't even have to think about it. Oh, that's a good point. Cause otherwise you're going to say just a few more minutes, just a few more minutes, sure. just one yeah. more email. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Another favorite thing to eliminate the overwhelming feeling. I schedule everything. Mm. So it, this not only helps in getting it, you know, out of your mind and into a calendar, it actually holds you accountable to like doing that thing and showing up for that thing. And it also helps you with other scheduling. So when you have a visual representation of what you've committed to, it becomes very easy and very clear what you are available for. Mm -hmm. So just as an example, I could pull up my calendar right now and I could tell you exactly what I'm doing for like every, uh, you know, if, if I have free time, if I'm committed to something, if I'm going to be at the grocery store, if I'm going to be doing my workout, like I know when all of these things are happening for the next week. So anytime somebody approaches me with like a, Hey, can you do this? Hey, do you want to do this? Hey, let's link up for this. I know exactly when I can and can't do those things. And of course that's given that I actually want to do those things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, going back to like, I, I know that sometimes it feels like really bad to say no to something, yeah. but like, this is your time. I don't, I don't know that we like actually ever take a step back and really think about the fact that like we don't get time back. Mm. So every time you say yes to something and I'm stealing this from uh, one of my favorite books, Essentialism um, by Greg McEwen. Every time you say yes to something, you are saying no to everything else that you could be doing. So like when I kind of started looking at my time in that way, it was a huge eye opener for me because it really makes you double think about the things you're saying yes to, because in doing that, you're saying no to everything else. And if the yes is like, you know, a heck yes, then like, awesome. That's great. But if you're kind of saying yes to something just because you feel bad or like there are other ways to support people and there are other ways to like give back and care for other people rather than sacrificing your time for it. If it's something that you don't even want to do. So Anyway, back to like the whole scheduling thing. This is so, so critical because otherwise, then back to what we were speaking about before as well, we begin to overbook ourselves. And yeah. that's when we find ourselves in this frantic mode of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do all of this? And then we just like don't end up enjoying any of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now when, when we listen to the podcast, Ditch Busy, and you have it very structured, um, what can we expect this season? Because I know you break it up in chunks. Yeah. So this season, I'm talking about the 10 things you must stop in order to achieve time freedom. Mm. And I had such, I had, you know, I, I really went back and forth a lot about do I take this from a standpoint of 10 things you should stop doing or do I flip it and talk about the 10 things that you must do? But I kind of get the feeling from the conversations I've had with my listeners is that like, 
people can much more immediately identify with things that they're already doing that, that if I if I create an episode, like for example, the, the first episode is to stop saying, I'm so busy. Like that is something that is immediately identifiable that we can say, oh my gosh, I'm doing that. Ooh, well, so, I started this conversation that way. So, okay. <laughs> so I will stop doing and, that. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's some, I mean, it's something that all, I do it all the time still. Um, and, and I think that that's the message that I'm trying to get across is it's just, sometimes it's about awareness. It's yeah. about becoming more aware of how we describe our time. That's true. Um, because the way that we talk about it is the way we feel about it and our thoughts, our feelings, it becomes what we're doing and how we're living and all of that stuff, you know? That is so true. Kate, you are awesome. Tell us how we can support you, follow you and everything that you're doing, because I know there's so much more to what you do than Ditch Busy. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I love talking about this stuff. I could talk about it for hours, as you will find on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But everything we do, so Ditch Busy is actually under the umbrella of Entrepreneurs on Fire. And everything that we do in the business with the Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, with the Ditch Busy podcast, we have a blog. We have podcasting um, communities. We have free courses, tons of resources, and all of it is over at eofire.com. Perfect. Thank you, Kate Erickson from beautiful Puerto Rico. You're welcome, Sandy. What do kids really want? What do they value the most? Grab a chair. We're about to take a seat at the kids' table. We're going to ask the kids and see how they respond. Plus, we have our expert here to give us some parenting advice next. the kids table susan beecham founder of money savvy generation hi susan hey sandy good to be back oh, 2021 here we go <laughs> all right <laughs> so, <laughs> we uh reflecting on the holidays there's a lot of parents who uh try to make up for the the challenging 2020 by you know kind of spoiling their kids or at least giving them a good holiday but what do kids really want what is the most valuable thing that they want. We ask the kids and then Susan, you give us your advice. Okay. Okay. What's the one thing that you would want from your parents? You would want them to give you really every, anything, anything you can ask them (laughs) for anything. What would, what's the most important thing that you would want from your parents? A car. (laughs) Just getting world peace from your parents. You want world peace. (laughs) Um, I just want a happy family. No, come on, be honest. Is that what you would say? A car. A winning lottery ticket. Well, your parents don't control that. Okay, a car. What's the most important thing, really? That's the most valuable thing for you? What's the most valuable thing? Right now, it would be a car. That's like the one thing on my mind. That in college. Okay, that's the most valuable thing your parents could give you. Or just their love. (laughs) Okay. What would you say? A drone. A drone? Yeah. Out of everything or anything your parents could do or give you? Two uh, things. What? Two, three things. Um, a drone and a um, dirt bike and a switch. So you want material things? Like more time with your mom? Not, that's weird. You don't want more time with your mom and dad together? I already have enough. Oh, you already have enough. How about just unconditional love? 
Do you know what unconditional love means? No. It means no matter what you do, even if you do something naughty, your parents will still love you. Isn't that what you want? Mm, not really. Not really. All right. Okay, so Susan, when you told me that you had this study that talked about how kids want just love from their parents, apparently the kids that I interviewed did not. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, these are kids that have unconditional love, right? And time with their parents. And it reflects because it's not at the top of their list. They're not looking for it. But the study that I talked about that was done by the New American Dream Center in Maryland years ago, this was maybe eight years ago, um, it was asking kids 17 and under to write an essay or to create a piece of art titled, What I Really Want That Money Can't Buy. Mm. So... If you had rephrased your question, which I would love to hear you do in another episode, what do you really want from your parents that money can't buy? Let's see what answer they give. Nonetheless, though, we're in and have survived 9, 10, 11, 12 months of a pandemic where our kids have probably, regardless of our economic status, have had a lot of time with us because it was a necessity uh, it wasn't yeah. something, right it wasn't something we chose but what but what i wanted to get people to think about is how are you utilizing the time so um 14 year old erica conant of johnson city tennessee she answered this question what i really want that money can't buy this way what i really want that money can't buy is unconditional love. As a kid, I need to know that no matter what happens, no matter what grades I get, I will be loved. My parents love me and buy me many things, but what tells me they love me the most is when they listen to me. What my friends really want is their parents' time, maybe for a walk and talk, maybe a bike ride, and even a lecture talk about money. I did not write, I did not put that in. That is exactly what 14 year old Erica said. So how are we using this extra time with our kids? Is it all business? Is it all get the homework done? Make sure that they have clothes on instead of pajamas when they get in front of their laptops? Is it all the business of keeping them safe and healthy? Are we spending time with them in a playful way or have we forgotten about that because the very best way to get your children to talk to you honestly and come to you honestly when they need help is to already have a relationship based on conversation started so if you're not the kind of parent who takes a walk has a talk has a family dinner maybe, uh, asks them questions rather than always talking at them, listening to them. If you're not that kind of parent, then that won't be the child that comes to you first when they have credit card debt because there will be no formula for that. 
You need to establish it now. And we need to look at the pandemic as a time of gift, a gift of time with our kids in a very unusual way. And it will go away. We won't have this much exposure to them and them to us. So how are we translating the time now? What's really interesting is this new American Dream Center asked these kids the question, what I really want that money can't buy, because their parents thought they were too materialistic, thought the kids were too materialistic. And Yeah. And what I want to remind parents is our children are a reflection of us. They watch what we do. They mirror our actions. They don't necessarily show us that they're listening to what we say, but when we watch what they do, we will see ourselves oh, in their direction. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of uh, traumatizing for me to see myself and my daughter. Sometimes like, oh my God, she's turning into me. Well, we all had those moments <laughs> where we sound like our mothers. Um, oh but yeah. uh, that's evidence that we have enormous power to shape our children's attitudes and actions how do they first learn to smile yeah. by watching them? Because what do we do when they're still babies? All we do is look at them. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is good because this is the new year. This is where we're making our new year's resolutions or we're setting goals for ourselves. So make this one of them. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again because it's such an important statement. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. This conversation, this ability to talk with your kids and listen to your kids you can do it by phone. You can do it just sidling up to them when they're watching TV. You can do it when they're in front of their computers by aggravating them and distracting them. There's a bunch of fun ways you can do this yeah. to get them to understand you're there. You want to hear from them. You want to tell them things. You want to help them. And once that relationship is established, questions about um, how do I handle uh, debt that I've gotten into? What's the first credit card I really should get? Um, what did you ever save money for? Yeah. Why do we have to save money? All these kinds of questions, which are awkward to throw into a conversation, all of, all of a sudden become easier because you've established a pattern of talking and listening to one another. Susan, how can we follow you, reach out to you, and uh, and read your blogs and all that good stuff? You can follow me at my blog, which is at susanbeecham.com, and you can find Money Savvy Generation's award-winning products and some free resources at moneysavvy.com. Perfect. Thanks, Susan. Thanks, Sandy. Love it. So much good stuff. Let me know if there's a topic you want us to answer in No Dumb Questions, if there's a guest you want me to try to get on the show, or if you need help talking to the kids about money. This podcast is for you. All right, before we leave, we have to give a, a money victory shout out to Maria Deal. I think I would pass out if this happened to me. Maria said she got a letter in the mail from a company that I used to work for offering me a lump sum payout. It's more money than I've ever seen in my entire life. Six figures. Could you freaking imagine? 
Maria, we are so excited for you. Congratulations. Cheers to Maria and each and every single one of you who is proud to say that you're on your way to being a financially confident woman. Talk to you next week. Don't forget to click subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, if you don't mind writing a review and giving us a rating, that would be awesome. Awesome.